my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. iHeartRadio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up ritual Scrub stars Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Welcome to another part of our iHeart Podcast speaker series. As you guys know, we like to pause every week and have a conversation with one of our creators, one of our podcasters. And it's just, it's a great time to, to step back from it all and to think about why we do what we do and to talk about some of our great projects. And today is no exception. Super excited to get the chance to talk to, honestly, one of my idols in the space. It's hard to believe that Tenderfoot TV started in only 2016, given everything that they've accomplished. Probably 10, 11 number one hits, you know, going back to the early days of Up and Vanished, Atlanta Monster, Radio Rental, To Live and Die in LA. The list goes on so many amazing podcasts. The co-founder of that podcast production company is Donald Albright, who is here with us today. Donald, thanks for taking the time today. Well, thanks for having me. And um, 
I can't possibly live up to all those <laughs> great things you just said, but I appreciate it. <laughs> you can. It's been just it's just been a pleasure to watch what you guys have accomplished. And we're going to talk in, in just a second about your new podcast. But of course, we're, we're here to talk about the MLK tapes. But I do just for those that may not be as familiar with everything that, that you and Payne have been up to over the years, I want to go back to and I, like I said, it was hard to believe when I looked and saw that it was just 2016 when you guys started Tenderfoot because you guys have done so much over the years here. But I wanted to go back to those early days. If you could just remind us how you guys got to know each other, how you get decided to get into podcasting, just sort of how this whole thing started for you guys. Yeah, sure. This thing started for myself and Payne. We got together probably in around 2010 or 11. I was a manager in the music industry. Payne was making uh, music videos. We connected and he sent me some of his work. We started working together on music video projects for my artists. As my like, roster of talent in the music industry grew, I was able to provide him with more opportunities to shoot, you know, more videos, bigger budget videos. We started to do one tour together domestically, then internationally. So we really built like this creative and business working relationship over several years, probably about five, six years before we actually started Tenderfoot. And it wasn't, you know, the the start of Tenderfoot is it's not like we really sat down one day and said, man, we want to get into the podcast space and like you know, start a podcast production studio and take over the, the industry. It was really a stepping stone is how we looked at podcasting and because we didn't really understand the business. We never created in that space before. And, you know, Payne had the idea that he wanted to, as a creator, you know, he was kind of burnt out of making music videos for other people's vision. And he said, you know, what? I want to make a true crime documentary. I want to make the jinx. I want to make right. making a murderer. And he said, I want to, in order to do that, I got to find a case. And he went, found the case of um, a missing teacher from South Georgia named Tara Grinstead. And he quickly realized that between he and I, we had no relationships in Hollywood to make a documentary. Yeah. So based on the success of Serial, he said, we should just make this into a podcast. And I was like, sure. Like, I don't really never heard of, heard of a podcast. I know, kind of know what it is, but I never made one before. <laughs> never even listened to one before. But yeah, let's uh, let's go for it. And I finally ended up listening to Serial. And then the light bulb went off and I was like, oh, wow, I see how this can be just as good as the Jinx and just as good yeah. as making a murderer. So, you know, he really took us down that early journey of creating Up and Vanish, making it an audio series. And then it still wasn't a business to us. It was still just a way for us to get the attention of Hollywood so we can get greenlit on making a doc. But we realized that, you know, this is a special medium, a special space to really create content. You can tell stories in a different way, in a very engaging way. There's, you know, the podcast listening audience is second to none in terms of their dedication and their willingness to actually go out there and promote the fact that you have a show that's trying to do something like solve a crime, right? And it was mm -hmm. a very different experience. We realized you know, after a few months when Up and Vanish started to blow up that like, this is the space we should stay in and create more in this space and not really, you know, we still have our eyes set on making TV and film, which we, we started to do actually, but podcasting is now our prime, you know, place that we want to continue to create in. Yeah. That user or that listener engagement and that passion I think you guys got to see that really early with Up and Vanished. And if you can remind our, our viewers and listeners here today, just how that podcast, like you guys had to be nimble and, and just fantastic journalists along the way, because you didn't know exactly where the story was going. If you could just remind everybody here sort of how that played out, that was pretty incredible for you guys to be able to put that together in the very first podcast that you worked on. It was pretty wild, <laughs> that whole journey. Pain was like a one-man band making up and vanished and then mm -hmm. i started to come in as like the podcast was ready to start to, to release and an ear for him to like bounce the ideas off of go down to that small town of osilla to you know attend 
press conferences and things like that. But it was a very small unit. We released the first episode and got about like 5,000 downloads. We were amazed by the amount mm-hmm. of downloads. We couldn't believe it. Like we had yeah. no expectation of what, you know, nothing. Didn't know what to expect at all from downloads, monetization, anything. We didn't know anything about it. And as it started to grow in this, you know, this small town of 3,000 people, that was like our target market. We said, if we yeah. get those 3,000 people, then we can get, you know, the county and then South Georgia and then all of Georgia and then really expand from there. And it worked and, and people started to listen. The, the, the listeners started to grow and we started getting more national attention. And we were in over our heads. We were producing one episode every two weeks and then had like a bonus episode in between. And it got to the point where, you know, there were like six episodes produced and now it was like produce release all in like one week. And the case then started to evolve. So you had people calling in saying, Hey, I was around at that time. You know, my, my uncle was the sheriff. My uncle went to the, went to the scene and we started like literally getting tips on a a Monday and it would make the episode the next Monday. So it was like a real time investigation which created some really bad habits for like tenderfoot production. Like, cause we now know that we can do that. So we always leave a little bit of room in our releases. We're like, Hey, anything can happen. So we gotta be prepared to produce in season and release on a real frequent basis. So I think without doing it that way, it wouldn't have had the impact that it had because people really felt they could help solve this case literally yeah. the next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was an interesting experience. Yeah. I know you're saying it, it's, you know, created some bad habits and at the same time, like, I think it's really been amazing to watch you guys again, sort of be nimble and able to pivot when you learn new information. I know we certainly saw that on our first project together with Atlanta monster, you know, just the ability to follow the story as it, as it unfolds and just put together an incredible podcast. It's funny to hear you talk about, you know, getting 5,000 downloads an episode or something like that. I was looking up the numbers the other day it probably won't be long here before you guys are knocking on a billion downloads across your various shows, which is just phenomenal. I mean, talk about what that feels like to, at this point, have been able to build a roster of shows that just have this mega fan base coming to it. Yeah, it's like we haven't really processed it. And I don't know if we really will ever like completely understand because we it's one thing to like have your site set on something and then to finally get there. And you're like, yeah. man, I've been waiting for this. But like, we had no concept of what success was. You know what I mean? We didn't know we could make money at this. We didn't know if 5,000 downloads was great. Like I have emails dating, you know, in 2016, 2017, I was sitting out to like press to friends of mine in the music industry saying, Hey, you know, I'm doing this podcast thing now. And like every email is just like, man, we're about to hit a hundred thousand downloads. And I'm like Mm -hmm. amazed by this number. And then it's like, yo, we're about to hit half a million downloads. Then we hit a million downloads and we were like, it can't get any better than this. Yeah. And now the show's at like 350 million downloads or something like that. And we're over like 650 as a company. And I don't know how to process that because it's like, it's such a big number and we never thought we would ever get to a million. So like, how do you rationalize that in your own mind? It does get to a point because you're right. I mean, you know, a hundred thousand downloads, half a million downloads, like those are real and, and, and numbers to celebrate. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? 
Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. things I love about how you guys approach storytelling and true crime in particular is that it's not enough for you guys just to tell the story of a crime that was committed. It it feels like you guys always step back from that a bit and ask yourself the question, why would we tell this story? It's not about just talking about a crime for the sake of talking about a crime. There is often a very real sort of historical reason or an understanding of what happened in history and a bigger picture to how you approach the stories that you tell. Again, I first experienced that when we started talking about the Atlanta monster and the, the terrible child disappearances that happened during the story there and so many others. Talk about how you guys think about stories before you say, like, let's go after this. Is that something that you guys talk about when you decide which stories you're looking to pursue? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the early, early stages, I mean, Payne found the case of Terry Grinstead. It was a case in Georgia. And we knew we had limited resources. He knew he needed to find a case that he could drive to and not like have to fly to. Right. So there were only so many cases. He happened to pick one that was solvable. We didn't know that at the time, but his grandmother lived in the area. His grandmother actually is in the podcast and was at the actual event, the last event that Tara Grinstead went to before she disappeared. She knew about mm-hmm. this appearance. So there was some, some tie-in to pain in his family and their relationship to that area. And that was kind of the one thing we needed to go on from there with the success of Advantaged, we realized like, there's now a responsibility. We have yeah. all these ears that are, you know, waiting on the next story. And I just asked Payne one day about Wayne Williams and the Atlanta child murders. Had he ever heard of it before? Because it's something I had heard of all my life. And it happened, yeah. you know, I was really young, three years mm-hmm. old or so when this was when this was happening. So mm-hmm. I, I couldn't possibly remember, but I remember the stories that came out of that time. Yeah. And yeah. even later when Wayne Williams was already arrested. 
and pain had never heard of it before. And I think it was a generational gap and just culturally in the black community, you know about the Atlanta child murders. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we took the opportunity to say, look, if pain as a millennial white male didn't know about these crimes, how many others are there? How could it mean so much to me and he not know about it at all? So we we said, how do we bridge that gap between kind of my experience and his experience and open this case up to a lot of ears and a lot of people who just don't know about it and probably should. And we kind of always try to make the point that, you know, every case is unique and we, we try to find the cases that either are lacking in attention or lacking in the accurate information being out there and try to make the point that, you know, if there can be 20 Jamine Ramsey documentaries, you know, there can be multiple projects on the Atlanta child murders. We're talking about 29 young black victims that deserve, you know, every bit of attention that all these other cases are getting. Yeah. And it felt like you guys were pushing conversations in a way that we weren't necessarily doing as a society until the past two, three years that you guys were sort of ahead of many of those conversations. So let's talk about the the newest podcast, the MLK Tapes, which by the way, yet another podcast that hit number one on the chart. So congratulations on seeing that. Let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, you and I were talking about this not too long ago, but as, as kids, you know, growing up in the South, going to school and learning about our history and certain events that happened. This was one of those moments or those assassinations that was just, it was what it was, right? There was a guy that didn't like somebody else. He just shot him. And that was sort of the end of the story. You had James Earl Ray assassinating Martin Luther King. And that was sort of all there was to it. And when you guys first started talking about this podcast over a year or so ago, uh, I was so intrigued by that because I really knew so little about the broader story And you and I were also talking about the fact that that, that this sort of brought to light so many interesting things about Dr. King himself that we've sort of forgotten from history. But to back up from that for a second, can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to take on this story? Like, what was the origin of this podcast? Yeah, I think the main thing when looking at a story is who's the storyteller? What's the perspective of the story? Like, where's that story coming from? What's the Mm -hmm. perspective? And Bill Claver hosted the RFK Tapes podcast. It was a great podcast. I listened to it, a big fan. He emailed me and it was instant credibility. I knew this guy was a great writer, great yeah. podcast host, great researcher, you know, and I had already heard his voice kind of come through my, you know, earbuds telling me a great story. So I was already mm-hmm. intrigued. And then when he said, hey, I came across a bunch of audio while, while doing the RFK tapes that's directly related to Dr. King's assassination. And I think there's, I want to do this podcast. There's a, a podcast here that we can call the MLK tapes. So instantly I said, okay, well, I already, I'm already in because it's Bill Claver, but what's the story? Like, what are we talking about? What is that audio? Yeah. When he started to explain it to me, what I felt in that moment is what I wanted this podcast to communicate. I wanted all listeners to feel the way I was feeling in that moment, which was, wow, I know so little about something that I thought I knew so much about. Yep. And I think we kind of, because information is readily available to us and because something is like promoted to us, you know, MLK Day, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. is the like acceptable civil rights leader, right? That there's a federal holiday, every state recognizes his birthday now. So you feel almost like, oh, I know everything about that. I was taught, you know, he's the face of the civil rights movement and he's constantly promoted now, you know, by the same institutions that were trying to take him down, you know, 50 or so years ago. But because he's so out front, we think we know more about him than we actually do. And, and the truth is, we know very little about not only his death and his assassination, but his life and his legacy, what he actually stood for. You know, we're so caught up in a few lines from I Have a Dream that we don't really yeah. understand what his actual message was. We just know what's the message that was promoted to us. And I felt like it does a disservice to 
his legacy if we only know this one percent of it but we walk around acting as if we know everything that there is to know about it yeah absolutely snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over six million active hourly workers Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm curious to, to know from you, like, what do you feel like you've learned about Dr. King through the process of putting the podcast together that you feel like you didn't know before? I think the, the main thing is we assume that we know what he's, he's, he's the main thing that we know he stood for was civil rights. And right. we know that he was assassinated. We know it was, he was assassinated by James Earl Ray. And we were told it was because James Earl Ray was a, a racist. Mm-hmm. So why was he killed? He was, must have been killed because of his stance on civil rights. Mm-hmm. And if you heard more than I have a dream or just even heard more lines from I have a dream or if you heard the Riverside speech, you'll know that as you know, in the late 60s, Dr. King started to speak out on more than just civil rights. It was about human rights. It was about extreme militarism. You know, it, it mm-hmm. was about the war in Vietnam. 
And mm-hmm. he got it from all sides in terms of, you know, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. You're going to cost the civil rights movement a lot of money and credibility. You're a communist. I mean, there's so much that we don't know about what he stood for in the years before his death. And those are the things that much more likely got him killed than what he had been doing in his entirety of leading the civil rights movement. So just hearing more of his words, I was like, man, that's not something that I hear on the commercials. Right? Yeah. Like, that's not something I hear every year when we celebrate his birthday or Black History Month. I, I might yeah. you hear it in pockets of social media. You'll see a few people trying to promote that. But there needed to be a bigger effort in order to get his true words out there and the circumstances surrounding his death. I mean, anytime Dr. King went to Memphis, he had a black security detail that mm-hmm. watched over him. And not only was that all black security detail told not to report on the day before and the day of his assassination, but the two black firefighters stationed across the street from the Lorraine Motel and the one black detective who was doing surveillance on Dr. King were all pulled off the job. Those are three separate instances that all happened within 24 hours on the day of his death that can't be ignored. And that's one very small fact. I was just talking to someone and telling them about all the crazy things that I've learned in making this podcast. And I said, you know, in another podcast, you might find five things that are inconsistent and you put those things together. And you're like, yo, something went on here. And we expose it. There are like a hundred of those things in in the MLK tapes. And it just can't be ignored. I think people don't realize that in 93, there was a televised trial of James Earl Ray on HBO. It was a mock trial, but it was a real jury. It was a real prosecutor. And it was William Pepper, who was not only James Earl Ray's attorney, but was also the attorney for the King family in 1999 for the civil trial. And William Pepper was also the person who was Dr. King's friend during the last year of his life, who really helped expose some of the things that were happening in Vietnam, which helped inform Dr. King's opinion on the Vietnam War. And so you have one man who was friends with Dr. King, represented James O'Reilly, the accused murder of Dr. King, and represented the King family in a civil suit, and who did decades worth of investigating, which is all in this podcast. So if you really look at you know what all these different trials mean and the fact that we don't really know that they either that they existed or what their outcome was is really telling. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just don't realize how much information is hiding in plain sight. Because when you really promote one thing heavily, you convince a entire you know world or community that they know it and they don't have to seek any more information. But if you just looked for more information, it's there. Some right of it's there. hiding in plain sight. Others yeah. were exposing in the podcast for the first time. Yeah. Sometimes those things were, you might describe as, you know, learning those people that were taken off the case. It feels shocking. And then when you pause, you're like, but maybe it's not that surprising given the time and given things that were happening. And like you said, it's all right there. And it's just fascinating. There are a couple of things that are, I always marvel at Tenderfoot's ability within storytelling. One, and you and I have talked about this a little bit before, is the setup episode. That episode one where there is so much to say to try to bring a listener into this story. Because like you said, most people coming into this story know two or three facts about either a famous speech or the fact that he was assassinated and who assassinated him. And that's sort of the end of the story. And to be able to pull all of this together in a way to sort of tee it all up in episode one is just amazing to me. And then the other thing that I think you guys do so remarkably well, you mentioned Bill Pepper. So not to be confused with Bill Claver, who is obviously our storyteller here, but but Bill Pepper, who defended James Earl Ray after having been a close friend of Dr. King, of capturing these scenes or these moments, because I can't imagine what it would have been like 
that first time to have been a friend of Dr. King and then to have to walk in and see face to face the person that you go in assuming was the, the sole actor, the, the assassin in that in that case. And to be able to have that conversation and you guys capture that in that episode just so, so beautifully. So it's, it's remarkable to see that. But curious to hear from you in putting this podcast together. It was a long time in the works, over a year, like I said. Can you talk a little bit about some of the biggest challenges in, uh, in creating this podcast in particular? Yeah, this one presented challenges that we really never had to consider before because you're dealing with such a huge and important figure in world history and you're dealing with so much information which mm-hmm. is why we had to do episode one the way we did we had to really let people know number one i'm not telling you a bunch of stuff that you already know and that's right. the first my first fear was that people would think i already know about this i don't want to listen so we had mm-hmm. to tell them so much in the first five minutes and then in the entire episode that really made them feel like, wow, I take that back. I don't know anything. So I need to yeah. keep listening. So episode one really had to pack in, you know, what you thought you knew, what you should have known about Dr. King, and then introduce characters like who is William Pepper, you know, this friend of Dr. King's. We introduced, mm-hmm. you know, Isaac Ferris, who was Dr. King's nephew and give some, you know, kind of some family history there and how they ended up connecting with Bill Pepper. And then we have to introduce the HBO trial, which is something that a lot of people don't know about, even though, like I said, it aired on HBO 93 mm-hmm. and the outcome of the civil trial. So we expand, you know, from 68 to about uh, 99 in the first mm-hmm. episode. And it should really give you an idea of how, big this is how many moving parts there are so that then we could go back and say okay we talked about all these things now we're going to dissect all these things now you're going to hear from James Earl Ray when he you know spoke at civil trial or at the HBO trial I'm sorry at the HBO trial he was already passed by the by the time the civil mm-hmm, trial mm-hmm. but so we now go back and dissect all these moments and now we prove to you all the things that have been asserted in episode one you hear from these firefighters You hear from the black police officers and you hear from people who are there. You hear from people who literally say on tape, I know because I was there. I was supposed to kill James Earl Ray. You know, I heard this guy say on the phone, this mobster say on the phone, you know, shoot him on the balcony. Like there are so many elements that that come from people having firsthand accounts of saying, hey, I heard this thing. And it's not like you're hearing it in this year, right? We have mm-hmm. tape from the 90s when people mm-hmm. put their, mm-hmm. or and reports where someone heard something, reported it like back in 69, mm-hmm. and then spoke about it for the first time publicly or on tape in the 90s. So there's a paper trail, not just a made up story once you, and someone inserting themselves into the story, there are breadcrumbs to follow that give these stories, you know, credibility. So it was really difficult and just you know, taking all this information. We couldn't just tell a linear story because it would be like, it would take so long to get to the 99 sandwich trial or the 93 yeah. HBO trial. So we had to mix up the storytelling. And that was the most difficult part of really figuring it out. But I mean, great producers and writers on this show. Uh, Bill Claver is an amazing host, amazing researcher and writer. So it was really a team effort between Tenderfoot, iHeart, and Bill, and both Bills to really put this thing together. I know our crew loves working with you guys for those watching and listening here. We've got a, a team dedicated to our partnership with Tenderfoot because we make so many podcasts together. And, and this was just an incredibly rewarding one for the team to be able to work on. Uh, I'm thrilled we were able to launch it when we did right around you know MLK weekend and to be able to come out of that weekend seeing that the show 
show was resonating and to see the support from, you know, many of the platforms out there, you know, that prime promotion from, you know, partners like Apple really giving it the promotion that it deserves. So remarkable to see it. Thank you guys for working on it. Before we let you go, I mean, what do we have coming up in these next few episodes? You touched on it a little bit, but anything else we should uh, be ready for? Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, in episode nine or something, just because yeah, exactly. Apple listening through and like QAing episodes. But coming up, we're going to talk to so many people who, like I said, firsthand accounts of, you know, being there and talking about the bullet. Like yeah. the gun is yeah. a big issue of like, you know, and that's already been, been discussed, you know, when the gun was purchased, how it ended up there on the street. Is that the gun? But now there's an entire other conversation about the, the actual bullet. And, yeah. you know, you get the chance to hear from the forensic experts who extracted that bullet and who examined that bullet, who testified in in court. And I think it's strange to me to feel like we're not like breaking news that this stuff exists. It's there. Like I said, just it's not being promoted in a way that makes the average person understand what the stakes are and what went wrong and what actually Mm -hmm. happened. Right. So we're just using this opportunity to really like reframe and re-educate the masses, hopefully in terms of like, understanding there's more here than me CI. And, and if you just rely on the official story, in many cases, including this one, you're likely being told a story that isn't completely true. And in this case is hardly true at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so a lot more of that, you're, you're going to hear a lot more about all the players in the conspiracy that, you know, end up turning on each other and, you know, multiple confessions to people who are not part of the conspiracy, which brings mm-hmm. credibility for me when a, when a regular person hears a confession and then reports that, they have nothing to gain from that. So it, to me, there's so many credible people who've heard things over these years and reported them after hearing them that I think people will need to really understand how big that is and how much that should influence their opinion of what happened. Yeah, it's a fascinating, if tragic, you know, part of our history and important for us to be looking back on and, and appreciate the work you guys are doing on that. So um, again, if you have if you guys have not checked it out, the MLK tapes, you can see it at the top of the charts right now. Check it out. And Donald, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me. And um, I definitely appreciate it. I heart, you know, you guys are the first company when you guys are how stuff works to really invest in and believe in Tenderfoot and wanted to do the Atlanta Child Murders, uh, Atlanta Monster Project with us. So, you know, our most trusted creative partner in this space. I appreciate you guys always believing in us. Well, I appreciate that. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us and we will see you again next week. Podversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. 
Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.